I'm Sean from Offload Rugby Media. I'm Simeon from the TikTok Rap. Guys, I'm Murray, also known as Boss for Rugby HQ. And you're listening to the Rugby Connection Podcast. For the fans, by fans. Hello, welcome to episode 7 of Review Thursday. This week we have Austin, also known as Box Names. He's the first South African guest we've had on the show. Austin, how are you getting on? I'm good, thanks man. Thanks for having me guys. You're very welcome. It was hard to get you. We were trying to get you last week because the Lions series just finishing, but us guys are still fresh in the wind, so we could still <laughs> discuss it heavily. So. Yeah, I've, I've been celebrating a bit too hard the past week. So <laughs> Yeah, I've been having too many uh, flashbacks, especially from uh, Mr. Morney saying 12 years, same, same result, same man. Couldn't Daniel, write that, yeah. eh? No, you couldn't write. But I liked it because Alan Wynn Jones also made his first tour against South Africa in 2009, so it's kind of full circle for two rugby greats. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Alan Wynn Jones, he's been he's been around forever and he's still playing like he's really young, so I don't think he's actually going to stop too soon. No, we are saying he's going to the World Pivax has backed him for the end of the World Cup. I'd like to see that. I hope, I hope he's still the next World Cup. I like to see. I like to see him finish with winning the World Cup. Personally, personally, it would be cool. It would be cool. Twenty thirty-three, you'll be captain in the Lions to go against South Africa again. But yeah, anyone <laughs> but England. So, it's <laughs> way. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I'll get. I'll start off with the first question. What actually like got you into rugby as a whole? Um, so in, in South Africa, rugby is huge. It's the biggest sport here and, um, everyone watches the rugby and, uh, so it's really popular. Yeah. So the first person who I mean involved in rugby was my dad. Um, he always used to love watching rugby and he would uh, teach me how to pass a ball when I was quite young and I started playing rugby from when I was seven years old in grade one. Uh, six, seven years, and I played throughout school, but then I stopped when I was in grade 12, so I haven't been playing for a few yeah, years now. Like that. I like the fact that majority of our guests have all came from like, rugby families as well, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, who was your favourite growing up? Because there's a few that stick in my mind growing up, but I feel like you're slightly older than me, perhaps. How old are you, Austin? I'm 22. Oh shit! I'm older. All right. <laughs> so, right, so how I'm old are you? I'm 23. So oh, okay, Cl- close enough. Yeah. Uh, so like my South African heroes w- growing up were Morney Stain, uh, Ben Habana, Victor Matfield. Yeah. I was a big fan of Percy Montgomery as well. Yeah, my my favorite was Brian Abana growing up. Um, yeah. So he you, which is strange because normally you. You, you, your favorite plays the same position as you, but I never played wing. I just really liked Bruno Banner because um, you, you just stood out. But I think one of the biggest reasons was uh, when I properly got into watching rugby was in the 2007 World Cup. Mm. I was still very young then, and he was one of the star players in the World Cup. Uh, so I got really into him, and um, he's also apparently a really nice guy in person. And, and I used to do all my my school orals and school speeches on him. So he was definitely my favourite. That's good. I mean, I, I agree with the you usually your favourite players like the same position. And I I used to be a fullback, so Percy Montgomery was ticking all the boxes for me growing up. 
But yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. They're all they're all legends. They're all fantastic players as well. You just have you just keep passing so many great players through. Even when you had like the bad patch after the 2015 World Cup, you still had great players coming through. It was it's not even fair. <laughs> yeah, I think it, uh, the but big thing is how the players are managed obviously so um we had a lot of good players after the world cup but if they're not managed properly and if the game plan isn't good and the the players aren't working well together then it actually means nothing uh but yeah we we definitely blessed in south africa in the sense that we have a lot of depth we have a lot of players and i think the reason for that is the the young uh the young rugby system is uh strong here so schoolboy rugby in south africa is really really big uh university rugby is very very big here in south africa so i think those two things set a good foundation so we, we're definitely lucky yeah definitely there are some south africans so that slipped through your fingers just like duhan van der merva and mm. yeah scott i only take more let's be honest i only take more south africans than anyone <laughs> yeah no, definitely but i mean uh you have to a lot of those guys they go abroad because they may be worried about their chances of making the the Springbok team. Because even though Duan van der Mav is a great player, I I don't think he fit in the Springbok team so well. So just with the type do, of do wings what, that do we use. Do you not use. want him and or him and Mapimpe? Yeah, and Colby at fullback. Oh no, that's too dangerous. Well, well I mean, if, if, if Scotland <laughs> offered him, I mean, I would take him. But <laughs> no, he's ours now. Can't go back. <laughs> No returns. We're up the receipt up. No returns, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Simeon, you got any questions for Austin? Um, well, what was your view on the Lions as a whole and potentially um, some referee decisions? There we go. <laughs> I told you you'd say it. Oh, wow. It, it really was a very memorable tour, I think. I think it was a... But, you know, there, there was a lot of um, like off-the-field stuff going on which I actually think made it a bit better. I think it made it more memorable. And um, I found it very entertaining, everything that was going on. The refereeing, the refereeing uh, quality in world rugby at the moment, I think, is very bad in general. Um, but first game, I was angry. Then the third game, I understand why you guys were probably angry. So <laughs> there were third definitely- game, I wasn't annoyed. You know, I always said third game, I was quite happy. It was the second game which pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to even remember what happened in this. What were some of the big calls? Remind me. Uh, Colby's tackle on Conor Murray in the air. Uh, yeah, okay. And yeah, then that Fafter was. Fafter Clark being Fafter the head charge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was part of Rassi's plan all along, which is why I released that video. He wanted to put pressure on the refs to sway outside. And I think it actually worked. Hmm. It worked. You didn't hear our episode where we were fuming all about it. <laughs> I think yeah. I must. I think I must go back and watch. It. But yeah, you know, the there was so much back and forth. I mean, I think I think it started when Warren Gatland um, made a comment about the TMO being South African. I think it started with that, and then Rassi decided to go back and say something else, and then swayed the other way. And but that type of stuff shouldn't influence the refereeing. I I think there's serious problems with refereeing in general. And it's been coming for a long time. But what I understand is why the refs don't get disciplined is maybe a little bit of a harsh word, but there's there's no it seems like there's never really any consequences when the refs mess up. 
that is, you know what? I've only ever seen it happen once or twice, and that's when they've really, really fucked up. And it <laughs> doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. They not they don't necessarily have to you know be banned or anything, but just something, just just something to so they're more accountable for their mistakes. Yeah, I, I know. I think I agree with that. I think that's I think that's good at grassroots level. If you bugger up, I guess in Wales at least, in grassroots level, if you bugger up a bit, you won't have a good game for a while. Like you will, but when you see some of these international refs have a horrendous game or not do their best, and they're on. Another tier one game next week or next this appointment. But speaking of the second test, there were also quite a few big calls um, against us that were missed, like when Otoje was leaning on Damien Diaz's neck. I mean, the ref saw yes. that on yeah, the big screen, he did that. nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I did say, in our, I did say <coughs> quite literally, I think, I, I think on our episode after that second test. You just because I wrote like about a six-page list of everything <laughs> in the game, and I just went, I sent half of both teams off at that point. Yeah, it's the the ref. The ref was just terrible, but he was also terrible in the first game. I, I don't think he was necessarily biased against us in the first game, but he was just bad. So there were there were also some calls against you guys in the first game. Uh, yeah, and I and I, I don't know why everyone was getting all hissy. I was like, there was a lot of stuff against the Lions in that game. Yeah, that was. <laughs> It was. It was just bad refereeing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Austin, speaking of refereeing and Razi Erasmus with that video, and in fairness, you've said it already, he is a bit of a genius the way he... You know, why wouldn't a coach put, want to put pressure on the referee when it didn't go his way the week before? But what are your thoughts on World Rugby putting that investigation now into Razi and the sanction? And what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's fair? Or? Um, I do understand where they're coming from. That I suppose they, since they want to protect... Um, kind of the dignity of their refs. But at the same time, I think there's not proper channels for coaches to speak out against mistakes in games. And I think to some extent, they should have a right to speak out when there's serious problems that can, that literally messes up the outcome. So I think I admire what he did because I think it might change things in the future. And it was a, it was a very brave thing that he did. So I was very happy when he did it because... Um, I'm hoping it will bring about change. And to me, look, it's maybe a little bit of a biased opinion because I'm South African, but I think to me, I think to me it feels a little extreme that they want to sue him. Um, you know, I don't think they have to go that far. Um, but what, what's your guys' thoughts? Well, Sean went on a big run on that one, on that episode, didn't we? Oh, God, sure, yes. Sean? Yeah, no, I, I just wasn't too happy that the fact that he kind of went out against the referee. I I, I I think his points were absolutely valid. Like, I think they were valid and everything he pointed out was true. Uh, but it, it, it kind of felt like, you know, he was attacking the ref, which wasn't kind of fair because obviously the referee is a human and he makes mistakes. But I, I also do see your point where if there's issues, the referee has to, or the coach, sorry, Razzy Rasmus can, you know, view his, put his side and things if you get me. But um, yeah, I mm. feel like he could have waited to maybe after the series, but I get the fact that if he waited and South Africa had already lost, it wouldn't have changed anything. I get he had to do it there and then. If he didn't do it, it basically kind of would have been pointless for South Africa. It would have just been him, you know, trying to slate, you know, get things, make make change, as you said. But um, yeah, no, those are my thoughts on it. But yeah, it's a tricky one. I think the, the ref kind of was like stuck in the middle because I think he was more trying to send a message um, 
to world rugby maybe and look he was also trying to sway the the refs to to their side obviously as well but mm. i think the ref was just caught in in a bad place at a bad time just the timing was wrong but yeah i understand because it's not like the refs are trying to be unfair i think they just okay. maybe um the moment you, you know it's a it's a high pressure situation and maybe they just don't think clearly sometimes i, tr- I mean, trust trust me like I've, re- I've refereed a lot. Like, I'm constantly refereeing. Like, I'll, I'll put my hands up when I've had a bad game. And it's like, so like you don't on purposely go out and go, I'm going to be a twat today. I'm going to go be shit. You just kind of get there. And some days you just, your head's not in it. And it's like, he had a bad day. international mm-hmm. rugby. But he, he just had an off day. I just think it was, yeah. So I think it is a hard one, isn't it? No, it is. Yeah. So, um, but I would, again, like I said earlier, it would be nice if they could make the refs accountable in some way. And they don't have to punish them, but just there should be some sort of system for that. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's, that's not too much to ask for us. The players get fined for being yeah. red carded or the pun, and yeah, the referee should be in the same boat. But um, more to Cobb rugby in South Africa now. How do you feel about the South African teams joining up? with the Pro 14 clubs and making the United Rugby Championship? You know, um, I'm actually not too excited about it. I, I, there's, there's many things that are nice about it, but for me, it's frustrating to see. Um, it's going to be frustrating to watch for me because when we were in Super Rugby, the teams we were playing against, so the Australian teams and the New Zealand teams, they had similar kind of issues to us. And the biggest problem that we face is losing players to Northern Hemisphere teams because our currency is worth less and there's more money in the North with, in the Northern Hemisphere leagues with the Champions Cup and all of that. But when we, when we play like New Zealand, Australian teams, they were going through the same thing. They were also losing players abroad. I think South Africa were probably suffering at the worst, but it was more even. But it's going to be very frustrating for me watching... Like this, I'm in Cape Town, so I support the Stormers. So it's going to be very frustrating watching the Stormers play against like Munster and then seeing Demi Dialendi, who's the Stormers boy, playing against my team, you know? So that's quite Mm -hmm. frustrating for me. So it's, I think I'm going to struggle to watch a bit. But at the same time, it's really nice uh, in the sense I think we will get more money out of it, especially if we can eventually join the Champions Cup and those things. That would be nice. But, um, it probably is better than staying in Super Rugby because I think Super Rugby's dying. I don't think there's much of a future there. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, just sticking with the Northern Hemisphere theme, really. How do you do you think? Because I like obviously I'm a Scottish supporter, but we've only got two professional clubs, and I always say it benefits the national team when like Shoothog and Duhan van der Merwe go down to England in the Premiership or across to France in the top 14 like Finn Russell do you feel that's the same because obviously like Sale Sharks has Faf de Klerk the Dupree brothers Diego I think just the whole South African team really Sale Sharks <laughs> has but do you, do you get a benefit out of South African players playing in Premiership teams and, and all that or do you prefer them being back it's, it's they're better it's, at it's definitely better for it's better for the Springboks. Definitely, it, it boosts the Springboks and makes spring, Springboks stronger because they learn different ways of playing and um, they they learn about the opposition a lot better 
and they learn how to play in different conditions. So, I mean, Fafta Clack, for example, he was a decent scrum off, yeah, when he played for the Lions, but when he went to Sail Sharks, he became more class. And then he obviously now is playing for the Springboks and he's doing amazingly. And there's a lot of examples of guys like that. So I think for the Springboks, it's great, but for the domestic game, it's killing our domestic game. It's really, really bad. And um, your domestic game is not good at the moment in South Africa because of that. So there's pros and cons, you know, Mm. it's, it's a tough situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I can't really argue with that. We're kind of, because we've only got, you know, you just have, I mean, you've brought more than four pro clubs, haven't you? Because you had, like, the Cheetahs and all that. Are they still... They kind yes, of dro- they-, they were they were in the pro 14 when it became mm-hmm. 14, and they brought the Southern Kings across because I heard that rugby didn't want them. Mm-hmm. And now the URC's a thing, and it's Lions, Stormers, Sharks, and the Bulls, and yet Cheetahs and Southern Kings aren't to be seen. So I'm like, well, we just didn't want them either now, or...? It's just because I think there's not enough space for uh, the teams. So, yeah, there's six franchise teams um, and they can't fit everyone in. So they, they're just giving preference to the four that you just mentioned, which is very unfair to the Cheetahs and the Kings, especially the Cheetahs, because they were doing decently at the time. In the, in the they got for the quarterfinals in the yeah. season, didn't they? Yeah. But, I mean, the Southern Kings were, I mean, it took them two years to win an away game. for like, yeah. the Ospreys. But it, they were horrendous. Absolutely. But, I mean, they had no money. They were literally using really? uh, very low-class players, unfortunately. So it's tough for them. Um, the Cheetahs as well, losing a lot of players. It's it's really tough for the South African teams. You lose players every year because you have to start all over again with new guys. But Go I actually it. have a question for you guys, if you mind asking. Is it, is it not frustrating... Like if if I have a team like Edinburgh, right? Oh, Scotland only, only has Scotland yeah. only has two <laughs> national teams, uh, so, uh, provincial like unions, and yeah. um, obviously there's very limited spots for young Scottish players who want to make it pro. But then yeah. they bring in a lot of foreign-born players, like South Africans. There's a lot of South Africans in Edinburgh. Do you guys yeah. not think it's unfair on the young Scottish players losing so, so many positions? So I had I'm in a Scottish fan forum on social media and I didn't realise just how better Scottish fans are. Like we've not like, we've not been world champions of that. So I don't get where this ego from certain fans come from. I'm not one. I'm very realistic. I'll have a joke with like the other two, like, oh we're gonna beat Wales or we're gonna beat Ireland, stuff like that. Just little banner. Like even I, I joked with you during the Lions here, oh we're gonna win, you can come cry on the show and all that. But <laughs> it's just like all banner that but I am a realistic fan. Like are Edinburgh a great team? Not in, and like overall, no, not really. Would I want to see them compete? Obviously, yeah, it's, it's my team. But I don't think it's as frustrating as some people make out. Like people got really annoyed with Duhan van der Merwe specifically because he signed to Edinburgh. He was here for three years. He got his cap for Scotland through the residency rule, and now he's away down to uh, Worcester Warriors. Yeah, people are like, oh, he's, he's used Edinburgh to get residency. No, he's not. Because, and this is my argument, and you could be the same, because if you had like an English player come through and play for South Africa, for example, if they were to score the winning try or drop goal or penalty or conversion to win a, like, a World Cup, nobody would care where they're from. And that's, that's been my argument with this. Like, you could bitch and moan, oh, he wasn't good enough for South Africa, and he's only here because there was no one else, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if he scores the winning 
try for his position. If he scores a winning try in like the Six Nations or the World Cup or, or whatever, or even the Lions series, nobody would care that he's South African. He's one of us. He's like he's the hero. So and mm. asking about a younger you're asking about a younger Scottish talent. I if you've ever listened to the show, I've been banging on about a good ten youth youthful players coming he's through. All the <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all, like, just all at once, there's like ten very strong, youthful players coming through, and it hasn't stopped them. So I think if you are good enough, regardless if you're Scottish-born, Welsh, Irish, English, Italian, South African, Tongan, if you're good enough, you will play for that country. If you're not, mm. you didn't do look. Like, I mean, the best in, uh, export I think from South Africa is CJ Standard. He told he wasn't good enough, went to Munster, took a big shot and 50 caps for Ireland and he's down as like a cult hero. So yeah. it just it just depends on pref- uh, preference. I think the older generation want fresh out of high school, Scottish born, playing for the Scotland team sort of thing. But that's not the world we live in now. I think mm. it's quite good because obviously like Edinburgh, I'll go with the Edinburgh example as well because that's who I support. I remember like, remember in the Ulster games where towards the end of a season and like loads of the Scottish boys were away or they were injured or whatever and you had the new youthful squad and they were very good and it's like, now Edinburgh's bringing in a load of Argentinians and it's like what a, if I was like a young player I would love to learn from the likes of Delhi or whoever I'd love to learn from a foreign player and learn these different things. I think it's great I, I personally agree because if you get a good mix of young homebred and experienced um in other internationals you're gonna get a great mix mm. no it makes I think, sense i think it's because like i mean what people forget to realize especially with duhan van der Merwe, i think he's just a big talking point now because he was he's like very high profile now he was part of the under 20s world cup squad with like sir jesse creole and Cheslin Colby and all that, and he was meant to go in the seventh circuit with Colby, and he never done it. So, you know, I mean, like there, there, there was the opportunity for Duhan to be capped there, and just mm. never happened because I think he wanted to try things his way and maybe speed up the process. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is a tricky one. I, I do get where you're coming from. There is, mm. there is actually one player that Scot- he was Scotland born, but he. His name was made in South Africa and Stormers as well. Is Hugh Jones? Hugh Jones, yes. Yeah, oh, he's so good, good player. Yeah, he's, yeah he... he's very well liked here. He's very well liked locally in Cape Town. I had I used to have big arguments like on the train towards Murrayfield because uh, again, like the older generations trying to be sarcastic, <laughs> like, "Oh, where's this player from?" Like thinking he's through residency. And there was one that came up like, "Oh, and what part of Scotland is Hugh Jones from?" I'm like, Edinburgh. Like he's in Edinburgh. He, just because yeah. he was just because he was educated and made a name for himself in South Africa, doesn't mean he's South African. He's also got mm. the Welshest name in the world. Yeah, H U W Jones. Yeah, doesn't even spell you. And like uh, then so, somebody was like, "Oh, but Tom Seymour's at, well, at the time like, oh, Tommy Seymour's Scottish. No, he's not. He's American. He's from Texas. So yeah. like they don't like, they don't even know the facts. And then they're trying to Sean Maitland's New Zealander. He's one of us. I just, so. I just remember when I used to play rugby at eight, like all the Welsh players were called Jones. They were like five in the team at <laughs> <and> once. <laughs> well, they're, they're not all related, though, are they? Huh? They're not all related, though, are they? 
Mm-hmm. No, the only two related players in the Welsh squad, or recent Welsh squad, are James Davis and Jonathan Davis. The rest happened to have the same surname. Jones, Davises, <laughs> and Williams. This is how Wales work. Like in schools, everyone's just called Jones, Davis, and Williams, or Thomas. <laughs> everyone, or Thomas. <laughs> No, we've 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 also got quite a lot of common surnames. Yeah, Stain's quite a big one. Mornay Stain, Franz Stain, yeah, Ron Stain, mm-hmm. which play who plays for Italy. Uh, Isn't there a Stain up in Scotland in Glasgow? Probably is. Uh, probably. <laughs> and Merva seems quite popular as well. Like, so D uh, Duhan, DTH. Uh, there's a the Van der Merva that was playing against the British Irish Lions on the tour. I think for the Sharks or. Yeah, Flip van der Merwe used to play for yeah. the Springboks yeah, a few years ago. And, yeah, none of them are, and none of them are related. Nah. The only van der Merwe's that are related are Acker and Duhan. Yeah. That's, and uh, the Dupree. Dupree's a big one as well. Dupree, yeah. Dupree yeah. used to be a big one, didn't it? Yeah, but the two were brothers. Yanni and Bismarck. Yeah, yeah, be- yeah, yeah. Bismarck and Yanni were brothers. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on... Uh, the performances of the Springboks and Lions, uh, specifically the Lions. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about how your team actually performed. Well, my unpopular opinion is that fit Marcus Smith should have started the first two tests and then Finn Russell, because he was back fit, should have started the last but so the Lions would play quick rugby. Because as soon as the Lions started to play that quick <laughs> rugby in the first test, so I got caught out. Yeah. Completely caught out. I think they should have had high ball specialists from the start. Mm, Finn Russell difference. was scary. Finn Russell, when he came on in that third test, he was scary. He was playing really well. Yeah. Finn, Finn goes by his own rules. So if you've ever seen the, like, fresh out of the, after the third test, he was like, yeah, as soon as I came on, the game plan was ripped up. I was like, okay. He literally yeah. just went on that pitch, went, fuck it. Yeah. But that, that's how Finn works. And that's exactly. your last, that's the last F-bomb for that episode, so man. <laughs> you have to no, beat we, it out every time. No, well, we did it. We try and like get one in, and that uh, episode nine when we were running after the second test, I said one very early on. I was right, cool. That's it. There you've got it. Simeon, we have a referee discussion because Simeon's a referee, so he does all like what should have happened or how you would have done it over the weekend's games, and he dropped three in that section alone. I was like, oh god, <laughs> we've reached the limit. <laughs> Your 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 podcast age restriction is going to like go up a level if you uh, <laughs> drop to me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think for me with the Lions, I think the Lions probably really didn't. Ma- the players didn't really match to the game plan in a way. Um, like they, they had a good crack at it in fairness, and in hindsight is a great thing. But um, unfortunately, just the attack especially wasn't up to the up to the standard. From a South African looking in, what did you think of the Lions? Were you very scared of the Lions after that first test loss, or did you know that look we're gonna we're gonna win? No, I was nervous. I was uh, lead, leading up to the two hours nervous because the Springboks had such a little get, uh, time to prepare, you know. Um, so I was very nervous about that. And the first test, I was even more nervous after we lost the first test um, because the Lions, you guys had a lot of, even after the second test, I wasn't too comfortable because you guys had a lot of really good moments and a lot of good phases. And it, it felt like when you started to get a few phases going, then you were extremely dangerous, especially out wide. Um, so it really just came down to three points at the end of the day. That's how close it was. But obviously it must, obviously it's disappointing for you guys. And it would have 
been very disappointing for me too. But I think it was nice that it was so close and so exciting. I, a lot of people saying the the game boring, but I I really really found it fascinating and very strategic and physical, and I loved watching the games. Yeah, that's fair. Um, who would you say is your was your favorite lion on the whole tour? Like who really impressed you the most? I'll give you. I'll let you pick five. We'll be, we'll be nice five. about it. Next to generous. Five, sure. If you could think um, of five, we'll Toji was good, especially in the first test. He was very good. Yeah. Um, and then Finn Russ really impressed me the little bit that he played. Um, Dan Bigger, I thought was decent as well. He missed a few kicks early on, yeah. but he came right quickly. Um, who else was decent? I can't even remember. No one. That's yeah. Alan Win Jones. Oh, Alan Win Jones. No, he he he's a good captain. He's a very good captain. He's he's probably a better captain than uh, CI in many ways because um, he's very he knows how to talk to the ref. Um, so he impressed me in that sense, just in terms of his his leadership. I think one more player that really stands out is Ali Price. Not I mean Scottish bias, just like out of the scrum halves. Yeah. Ali Price was the best scrum half on that tour. Mm. Other than yeah. Faf, but I had my Faf rant on episode nine when we recorded. Yeah, with, with the I shoulder thought was I thought Reinach was great in that last test. Oh, of course, Reinach, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's a very good player. Yeah, he played again on Saturday against Argentina. He's a top player. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I obviously set up. You just mentioned there. Obviously, South Africa had a good win against Argentina, and it was pretty. I believe there was a lot of changes since that ter- the third test against the Lions. Um, how is the kind of young blood for South Africa in terms of squad depth? How that how's that looking as you build towards the twenty twenty three World Cup? Oh, it's looking very good. Uh, I think the coaches really have a good balance every game of they know when to give guys new guys a chance and i think they're choosing the moments very very well like they gave quite a few guys a chance in the Georgia game um and then they gave uh, a lot of guys a chance now in this game uh so i think it's really good and it's a nice mix of experience because there's a lot of old guys there front end who's been there since 2006 2005 long time um and then you've also got a lot of young players yeah, he's been around forever, and he's only—I think he's only thirty-four. He's I love it. Mar- Marnie's older than him. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I love France then just because he kicks it from anywhere. I just love watching videos on YouTube of him just kicking because it just goes miles, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he can't really out. do it like he used to though. He he had two long kicks on Saturday, and he missed both. Um, mm. So he's not quite where he used to be. But yeah, I I agree with you, especially back then because back then. Um, I think it's more common <coughs> nowadays to kick from 50 meters. It's uh, the flowers. Most flowers can do it now, but back then he was one of the few that actually could do it. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what they feed their kickers down in the Southern Hemisphere. South <laughs> Africa and New Zealand especially like, oh, we're 63 meters out. Yeah, go for a go. I'm sorry. No? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think that the... Because um, where we play most of our tests in... Um, in Joburg and Pretoria, we call it the high felt. So the it's higher above sea level, so the ball travels very far. And when the guys kick there, it's something else. It looks like it can go over the stadium. <laughs> ah, so they're cheating then. They're not come come down to a low come down to a low level 
how much <laughs> on the sea and see how far you can kick it. There you go. That, there, there's a secret. South Africans aren't actually as good as kicking as it looks on TV. They're just very high up. There you yeah. go. Secrets out, secrets out now. Yeah. Um, um, I got asked this. Sorry, Sean. I got asked this question quite a lot during the tour. I know the tour's finished, but I'll still ask it anyway, just for fun. Mm. If you could have picked one British and Irish Lion, doesn't have to be the best player, just what you think would benefit the South African squad, who would you have had and why? I picked Morney State because of the experience he had. I didn't realise he was going to be the Lion <laughs> Slayer again. But yeah, <laughs> I always said, more, I think, because when we drafted in Marcus Smith, I was like, who better to learn international rugby than from Morney State, who's been there, done that, got a T-shirt twice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so who would you have had to help uh, definitely one. I think definitely one of your loose forwards because we um, we were struggling a lot with injuries with the loose forwards. So I think we would have definitely benefited um, nicely from one of you guys. Maybe even like Duan van Amava, we, we would have been oh, able to use nicely. You could have had him, but you like no, I'm yeah, we, yeah, he moved when he was too young. <laughs> yeah, Hamish Watson in a Springbok jersey would have been interesting. It would have. Yeah, definitely. Um, even Alan Wynne Jones would have been quite nice to have in the team. Him and it's the best. Oh, yeah. We we need him. <laughs> we, if we if we didn't have Eben, I think we would actually it would throw us off quite a lot because we rely on our physicality. And he, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. He went straight for a toje in every single fight yeah. in yes. that match. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. So he really plays that role well. We made I that, thought um, Beth, I thought he'd like for a few years now, I thought he'd been a bit quiet and then this whole Lions tour, I'm like, oh no, he's there. He's very much present. He's a hard worker and he played again Saturday. He's played four weekends in a row now. He doesn't get injured often. He plays the whole game. He doesn't get subbed. Uh, and he, he plays so hard that he's a beast. Yeah. I'll never forget the story of Ibn Etzebeth walking into a local gym yeah. Asking the heaviest dumbbell, seventy-five kilos. No, nah, it's too light, and walks away. I'm sorry. The fact that you're thinking that's too light, and I can't even lift that on a like I can't even lift that with two hands. So, yeah, yeah. fair play. <laughs> no, he's a monster, and that was from that's from many years ago when you're starting yeah. out in his career. Yeah, yeah fine man. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. I remember hearing from somewhere, obviously, that there was some rumours or story that whatever gym or whatever it was that he was going to, that they had to import new weights or something because they were too light for Evan Hatsavet or something like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's true. That, that story was going around yeah, as well. It's funny they had reached so far all the way. Yeah. In yeah. The UK. <laughs> um, just, when, just when you were talking about the Ibn Hatsavet going for Mauro Toji there, Austin, I always, we discussed it the other day, just how funny it was. Like even Etzebeth is like what six, eight. Definitely got the arms, and he's a big lad. And then there's Fafta Clark barking at the side of him like a chihuahua. I'm like, go away. Even does not need backup, especially yeah. with you. Like, away you go. Exactly. No, I, th- I think that's might just be a scrum off thing, eh? <laughs> they speak the most. <laughs> I, I always say, if this if that test was played fifty years ago, Alan Wynne Jones would have just sparked. Fafta clerk out within the first few minutes of the first test, like he wouldn't be playing anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I, I, I'm grateful he, he was protected there because he's a small guy and, and Chase and Colby, he's a small guy as well. So, um, luckily, we have the laws protecting us. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, Sean, you had a question. You had something for Austin. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Last question for me, Austin, for today. But um, what is your favourite ever rugby memory? Um, I would actually say the 2007 World Cup final. Uh, that's the best memory for me. Obviously, the 2019 final, I think, was more special in the sense that no one was expecting us to be favourites in that World Cup. So that was great. But uh, the 2007 final was very special for me because it was just the age I was at when I was um, only playing rugby. I was only in grade three then. And um, I fell in love, in love with rugby then. And I think that moment made me really passionate mm-hmm. about the Springboks. Um, and I, I remember it very vividly watching it um, with my family and, and some friends. So that, that moment definitely stands out for me. That's Good nice. memory. I like, I like that. Yeah. Funny enough, two World Cup wins, both against England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, last one for me. Um, just who would you say is the current player for South Africa to watch, apart from like Pierre Steph Because obviously he's like a former world player. Like best and comer we'll go for to watch out cool. for. I think for Scotland. To do. <laughs> Please no. Um, I think I think Fatty is a big one. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys know of him. He, he only played one game against Georgia, and then he played. Yeah. On, um But I think Vili Larue's um, doesn't have much time left um, playing for the Springboks. So I think someone like Fatty, who's playing really well, he could replace Vili very well in that role. Um, another guy, I think. Hmm. I have to think about that one a little bit more. Yeah, that's fine. Um, obviously, Scotland are against South Africa in the autumn tests. I'll I will be there. I'll be really? in Edinburgh. Absolutely out of my head. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why not come across? If I don't know how travel and all that's restricted yet in South Africa, but once it's all green light and open, fire across to Scotland, and we'll all have a. Good old drink. Yeah, I have to. I've, I've always wanted to come to Scotland because um, um, that's where my heritage is from. So I, um, I was going to yeah, say yeah, my name. Maybe get a passport somewhere. Um, so yeah, I've always wanted to come to Scotland. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to come over someday. Yeah, that's quite. Obviously, I want. I'd love to go to South Africa as well, just because. It just it's like a really beautiful country. So yeah, I did want must. to go. I, I did want to go to the this tour, obviously, but cost far too much. I think. I think to follow the because you get a package, you could follow the team, like in a normal tour. So you go each city, each game, and it was like seven thousand pound per person. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Sure. No, <laughs> yeah. But the, best, the thing is, though, if you look at that, I bet you that was actually a good deal. Considering yeah, yeah, probably. Nine yeah. games. Yeah. And but flights and accommodation. Just imagine oh, for yeah. us. Imagine for us trying to come there where our our rand, our currency is so weak. It's it's almost twenty of our rands for one pound. So yeah, imagine um, how expensive we, it is I was, for I us was to just, go I was there. I'm gonna mention that because your link on your top page for the the jerseys you buy. I really want the Stormer, the Sharks, uh, Black Panther jersey. I've yeah. always wanted it. It's so hard over here. Um, 
I found it on, I think it was actually on the Sharks website, and it's like 600. And I'm mm. like, how much is that? 20 pounds. I'm like, no, that can't be right. Yeah, how much would it cost for a jersey there? Pounds. Well, like a proper, like, like supporters jersey. Yeah. 70 quid, 60 yeah, quid. That's, oh, that's so you're saving a lot of money. Yeah, this this one, like the one you've got on from yeah. the 21 tour, uh, was uh, I think it was 80 pounds. 80 pounds. 80 pounds. But That's I paid strange. it up. I paid I paid it up over three months. I'm I'm smart that way. <laughs> that, that would be about 25 pounds here, more or less. Bloody uh, uh, hell! Austin, you're uh, sending us rug. You're sending us rugby tops. I don't mind. <laughs> your, I don't mind sending you money for it, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. No, that, that's <laughs> it's nice for you guys. You must come here on holiday. You can buy everything for so cheap. Yeah, why not? I've got um, the messes and the little boy. He'll he'll have he'll have animals. Yeah, I was going to say, what if you took the rugby connection podcast to South Africa? <laughs> we're go we're doing it. We will. We're going to go on tour. I don't know where. I don't know when. <laughs> lads on tour. Oh, lads, yeah. lads, lads, lads. <laughs> I would love to see that. Let's come to Cape Town. Cape Town's the, the biggest spot for tourists. Uh, right. And there's the most to do. So definitely come this side if okay. you do. Okay. Yeah, well, obviously we'd keep in touch with you anyway because yeah. you're, you're the same like age as us and I'm still the oldest. This is I'm the baby. How, how old are you, Sean and Simeon? Uh, I'm 20 anyway, Simeon. I'm 18, so I'm just going into uni. <laughs> ah, okay, nice. Nice. I, I just finished uni, so I'm just out of that phase. So you must enjoy it while you last. It's fun. <laughs> I know I'm going up to Edinburgh for uni, so I'm just by Murray. Yay. Lucky awesome. me. Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely about 40, 45 minutes drive away from where I'm based. So, Do you live a 20-minute walk from Murrayfield? No, <laughs> I do. No, but do you know how to get to Murrayfield? Like, yeah, I've worked it out. With, no, without getting lost or asking for help or calling anyone. If you just get off and go. I reckon <laughs> I could do it. Mm. We'll see. We'll find out in October. <laughs> um, Simeon, do you have a last question for us? No, I'm, I'm all grand. All right. Um, yeah, sure. Austin, thanks a million for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate it. You've been, you've been great fun all day. Yes, thanks so much for having me, guys. Awesome chat. It's always nice to get a, a different perspective from guys from a different country. So thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. You're well. You're our first South African guest. Don't have any certificate or trophy for that, but <laughs> we can always we can always cherish that one. Always be and, the first. Yes, always remember your first. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always I say this to every guest. It feels a bit vague, but I do genuinely mean it. Like you are honestly welcome back anytime. Cool. And thank you. Especially with the United Rugby Championship going into full swing whenever fixtures are released. I don't understand how there's no fixtures yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll pro- hopefully get you back on down the line and just a bit further. And even after the autumn test, because South Africa's over here. So yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. And if people want to follow you, where do they go? Are you on Instagram, YouTube, or I know we're on. Yeah, the um, and all that I, th- so. I think Instagram, um, just at Bok. Uh, no, I changed my under my username. It's Bok Memes <laughs> underscore Bok Memes underscore Bok yeah. Memes. Yeah, you'll see a lot of biased 
uh, South African rugby stuff there. So <laughs> if, if you find that interesting, then head over there. <laughs> Anywhere else we could find you or is it just Instagram, preferably? Yeah, I think Instagram's just, the main just one. Just Instagram, that's fine. Well, Brand. there you go. There's episode Ooh, seven guys. of Interview Thursday. I'm saying Thursday. I know it sounds confusing to Austin because we're recording on the Sunday, but we always put the episode out on the Thursday on YouTube and Spotify and other streaming services. So that's why it's called Interview Thursday. That's the big secret there. But honestly, mate, thank you for coming on. Great crack and cool. just a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thank you, eh? Thank you. Yeah. Okay, cheers. Cheers.